Uh, Bernie Sanders might have not officially announced he's running for president, but I'm going to guess he's running for president. This from uh, the usual smear outlet, Politico. Bernie Sanders staffs up for 2020. Bernie Sanders is adding firepower to his political team ahead of a potential 2020 campaign, locking down digital alumni who were key to his surprise performance in 2016 and recruiting uh, the media, recruiting the media um, production company that helped launch Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The flurry of activity detailed by four people familiar with the campaign's thinking is the latest sign that the Vermont senator is closing in on a decision on a second run for the White House. Means of Production, the filmmaking cooperative that created the viral campaign video that propelled Ocasio-Cortez's house campaign, is in talks with the Sanders team about a major role in 2020. And two people who powered Sanders' record-breaking small-dollar fundraising operation in 2016 have agreed to join a subsequent presidential bid if it materializes, according to a Sanders campaign aide, campaign aide Tim Tagaris and Robin Corrin his digital fundraising director and digital production director in 2016, respectively. The aide said another pair that have helped Sanders build a digital media juggernaut out of the Senate office, media producer Armand Aviram and digital director George Park, Georgia Park, are likely to be part of his 2020 team. The behind the scenes moves underscore one of Sanders' key strengths. He is poised to enter the Democratic primary field with a digital operation and social media army that outpaces virtually any other candidate, at least for now. For all the attention on Better O'Rourke's online dominance last year, only Sanders would start the campaign on the foundation of a full-fledged grassroots presidential campaign. So, but yada, 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 he is hiring a lot of people in the digital area. This is very, very encouraging because Bernie Sanders is you know, for, for, for a senior citizen, he's very smart. He's very down with the, you know, with the millennials. And by the way, it's not just millennials. There's a lot of older people that bypass corporate media and get their news on YouTube, on Twitter, on Facebook, on new emerging platforms, Instagram. And Bernie Sanders, what he's done since the 2016 election, uh, instead of, you know, doing CNN every day, They've been doing original videos that you could find on Bernie Sanders' Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that, on issues on Medicare for All, on climate change, on income inequality, on uh, the fight for 15. His office in the Senate has been essentially producing original videos with real, breathing, human American citizens talking about their personal issues, income inequality, lack of health care, lack of education, the planet burning, and all that. Why this is so encouraging is a few things. Number one, I think Bernie Sanders, I hope, because frankly, I kind of was arguing with his campaign uh, workers when I was at the Young Turks covering the campaign. Why is Bernie Sanders bothering going on CNN, on NBC, on MSNBC, writing Washington Post columns? Does he not understand that these outlets and these platforms are the very outlets that are trying to make sure he does not win? Does he not understand that the corporate media is not your friend, Bernie? Does he not understand that the corporate media is having him on essentially to push propaganda against him? I mean, Anderson Cooper tried to tie him to Fidel Castro and make him seem like a communist. Do you remember that? So I think what Bernie has learned at his office has learned, and now by people who he's hiring has learned, is if he wants a real chance to win, uh, I'm assuming he's running as a Democrat, which I don't agree with, but I assume that's what he's going to do. 
he has to bypass the whole corporate establishment uh, and the corporate media. Doesn't mean he's never going to go on uh, corporate media, but he needs to reach voters who uh, are progressive, voters who might be who don't consider consider themselves progressive, but are open to public to po policies that are progressive. A lot of people are for policies that are progressive, but don't call themselves progressives. Just like a lot of people, if you ask them uh, after Obamacare, are you against Obamacare? I'm against Obamacare. Are you for the Affordable Care Act? I'm for the Affordable Care Act. So Bernie, I think, is trying to reach people that aren't necessarily diehard political junkies, but are affected by issues such as income inequality, climate change, health care, uh, student loans, all of the issues. And also by beefing up his digital operation, he's able to reach non-voters who don't typically vote. I think instead of trying to pick off establishment-minded people, older people who voted for Hillary Clinton, I think he's going to try and attract people that never voted, which a lot of people, uh, that was a lot of his base in 2016. But also, if you look at the midterms in 2018, there was a lot of people who never voted that first voted in 2018 in the, in the midterms. Why? Why? Because organizing and canvassing targeted people that didn't traditionally vote. And you know who else did that? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez by outworking uh, at a sleep at the switch, Joe Crowley. She was knocking on door after door. They were targeting neighborhoods that generally, there's a lot of people that never vote. And that's how she clobbered Joe Crowley. Bernie Sanders, basically Senate office, has been doing better journalism and media on issues than all of the corporate media combined. And this is how you reach people. A lot of people that generally don't vote or generally don't watch cable news or don't read the New York Times or aren't in the trenches on politics all the time, well, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook, they're on whatever else they're creating uh, na nowadays. So Bernie Sanders can reach them. And you know what? Most people that see his message that don't vote, wow, I think we should do things to help the planet and help the environment. Wow, I don't think it's right that all these rich people are hoarding the money and we're just living paycheck to paycheck. Huh, this guy's talking about ways to make free public college. I like that. There is a lot of people. Look at it this way. The highest cable news audience per evening, the highest audience in cable news is about, I don't know, 2.5, 3 million viewers. That would be either Sean Hannity or Rachel Maddow. Okay, 2.5, 3 million viewers. Well, 330 million people in this country. Cable News, the New York Times, the Washington Post, this is a very tiny percentage of the country. The majority of people who can decide elections are not diehard political junkies. They don't watch Jimmy Dore. They don't watch Jordan at Status Quo. They don't watch cable news. They're on, uh, you know, they're watching funny videos or they're watching, uh, you know, Bravo and TMZ. So, I really, really like, and I'm encouraged by this, but more importantly, I mean, you think Bernie Sanders would be staffing up all of these positions if he had, hadn't already decided to run for president? I don't think so. The steps also suggest that Sanders has every intention of trying to reactivate the army of liberal activists he amassed two years ago, undergirded by an unapologetic, unapologetic democratic socialist message backed by a state-of-the-art fundraising and digital infrastructure. Quote, Senator Sanders maintains an organic and very expansive 
social media following that really only he has among possible 2020 contenders, said David Dualdi, political director of Sanders-founded Our Revolution. Quote, he has a significant advantage. Naomi Burton and Nick Hayes, activists in the Democratic Socialists of America, who left a global public relations agency and commercial production freelancing to launch Means of Production, rocketed into the national spotlight last year when they produced the hit ad highlighting Ocasio-Cortez's working class roots and left-wing policies. It received 300,000 views in a day and eventually racked up nearly 4.6 million views on Twitter and YouTube. Quote, They've proven that they're on the cutting edge of popularizing progressive populist and democratic socialist politics in America, said Walid Shahid, Shahid, a spokesperson for Justice Democrats, the progressive political action committee that recruited Ocasio-Cortez. Burton said that the Detroit-based team would likely create, quote, big, beautiful ads and drumbeat content for Sanders if it was brought on for 2020. Quote, we have certainly been talking with his team, she said, adding that if Sanders runs, Quote, he's the only candidate we would work for. So there you have it. I mean, he's got some of the brightest minds in digital media that want to work for him. They will be able to get reach a hell of a lot more people than Bernie Sanders is going to reach going on CNN, going on MSNBC, going on with Chuck Todd, and going on with all these people that really have no interest in uh, telling the truth about Bernie Sanders. Really have zero interest about telling the truth about any, anything. And by the way, if you need any, if you have any doubt, any doubt at all, about uh, what the corporate media's plan is uh, in terms of Bernie Sanders coverage, let me show you a video from Meet the Press yesterday. But this is the kind of coverage you're going to see from uh, corporate media on Bernie Sanders. Tell me if you see, see anything wrong with this message here. All right, before I go, Cornell, you're the pollster in the bunch. I want to put up a quick straw poll that we had from Daily Coast. This is our only 2020 comment. We're going to get to this thing. And it showed here, these are uh, sort of activist Democrats. I put this up. Here are the top five. Bernie Sanders sits at 11. Four years ago, Bernie Sanders had nearly 70% of these folks. What's going on here? Well, you also remember that Michelle Bachman won the straw polls at the straw poll. A lot of what Bernie Sanders, I think, represented was the the choice against Hillary Clinton in the, in the primary. I think some of that was more a, a vehicle for anti-Hillary than a vehicle for pro-Bernie. She'll say new is winning, that's for sure. <laughs> all right, that's all I have for today. So Chuck Todd puts up a, quote, straw poll, a straw poll from the Daily Coast website. Are you familiar with the Daily Coast website? Are you familiar with that? Uh, let me show you, uh, if you're not familiar with the Daily Coast and what kind of politics they preach, let me find uh, this tweet. The founder of the Daily Coast. Daily Coast community bought tw- 25,000 roses for Speaker Pelosi, and I had the honor, I had the honor of delivering about 7,000 of them. The other 18,000 were donated by the Speaker to Walter Reed Hospital. Will be delivered tomorrow. So this is who they are putting out a straw poll from to try and make it seem like Bernie Sanders is losing steam, like Bernie Sanders has no popularity at all. The very website bringing Nancy Pelosi 17,000 roses in her office. I hope you guys already ate dinner because I'm a little nauseous. This is, this is what Bernie's dealing with if he goes on Meet the Press. This is what he's dealing with when he goes on corporate media. They're pushing this narrative that Bernie Sanders, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a following anymore. 
oh, people are, people are done with Bernie. People want new energy. People want new faces like Beto O'Rourke. People want a young new face. Bernie Sanders doesn't represent the Democratic Party, which is, uh, you know, d uh, becoming more and more young and uh, people of color. And they're literally pointing to straw polls, whatever that means, from the Daily Coast, from a website that literally worships at the altar of Hillary Clinton and Nancy Pelosi. Do I need to say more? So the last thing I'll say on this is I think that Bernie Sanders, when he announced uh, his run in 2016, his campaign was essentially, I think, four or five full-time workers. So he was going up against the Clinton machine, which is the entire DNC, which was the entire, every state in the country, the local and state level establishment politicians, which was all the superdelegates, which was all the corporate media, and he had four full-time staffers when he announced in 2015. Now he's had time to plan. He's already building up his staff. He's going to have a new campaign manager. It's not going to be uh, Jeff Weaver anymore. I think Bernie Sanders is going into this next presidential run with a much, much stronger infrastructure, a much, much better structure. He will have, a, hopefully, a campaign manager that, frankly, uh, there were some problems with Jeff Weaver as far as people uh, not loving uh, working for him. So I think he's going into this well, much, much better suited and much, much stronger than uh, he was in 2015. He's going to have much, 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 much more propaganda, much, much more of a stronger opposition uh, in 2020, because it's not just going to be Hillary Clinton. He's going to have Kamala Harris going at him and, and her bots, which I've already experienced, correct the record trolls going after me for the, for the, for the crime, the sin of posting who she takes money from. I've been basically called the new grand wizard of the KKK for having the audacity, the, the sheer audacity to post Kamala Harris's donors, if that tells you anything. Uh, he's going to have Cory Booker's, uh, you know, allies uh, going after him, Joe Biden. And don't think just because Hillary Clinton is probably not running, God, God, please don't let her run, that you're not going to see the, the, the old Clinton network going after him. So you're going to need independent media out there. Uh, now that Bernie's staffing up, uh, the corporate media, not only is the corporate media not going to focus on the issues, they're certainly not going to be talking about Medicare for all, free public college, climate change. They'll be talking about it as in this radical, this isn't really doable, you know, how, how are we going to pay for it? Wait, $715 billion to the military? No problem. We could pay for that. Oh, you want to do free college? You want, you, you want health care for everybody? How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? You see how you see how the corporate media works, but the corporate media is in has been in a tizzy, basically since I was on the campaign trail, basically declaring President Trump a, a Russian agent, uh, saying his campaign colluded with Russia, all of this stuff. Now I've said I'm totally for uh, the Mueller investigation. Have no problem with that. Uh, I think, you know, there should be an investigation. I think I've said from day one. I think it's highly likely Robert Mueller is going to find a big, big trail, a big, big trail of money laundering. And I think business, uh, inappropriate business ties with the Trump organization, uh, his real estate holdings, maybe even the Trump Foundation with Russian oligarchs. I think that's very clear that that, that is something he's going to find. Do I think that Donald Trump's campaign like coordinated with Russia 
to hack Hillary, uh, John Podesta's emails of a DNC emails and then distribute it. I haven't seen firm evidence of that. And if you remember, that was the original charge. That was the original Russiagate hysteria was that Trump, Trump worked with Russia to get the WikiLeaks emails out. So, well, I, I hate to tell you for, for the Russiagate. Into, oh, by the way, if you, if you haven't known, because I haven't covered this yet, uh, new developments, which I actually do think is a big deal. But, you know, the FBI, who knows if there were political motivations behind this. The FBI opened an inquiry into whether Trump was secretly working on behalf of Russia. Uh, in the days after President Trump fired James Comey as FBI director, law enforcement officials became so concerned by the president's behavior that they began investigating whether he had been working on behalf of Russian Russia against American interests, according to former law enforcement officials and other f others familiar with the investigation. The inquiry carried explosive implications. Counterintelligence investigators had to consider whether the president's own actions constituted a possible threat to national security. Agents also sought to determine whether Mr. Trump was knowingly working for Russia or had unwittingly fallen under Moscow's influence. The investigation the FBI opened into Mr. Trump also had a criminal aspect, which has long been publicly known, whether his firing of Mr. Comey constituted obstruction of justice. Another uh, quote bombshell that came out that the corporate media is totally, totally uh, in a tizzy about is that President Trump apparently uh, has been protecting, uh, concealing uh, the notes from his one-on-one -on -one meeting with President Putin. President Trump has gone to extraordinary lengths to conceal details of his conversations with Russian President Vladimir Putin, including on at least one occasion taking possession of the notes of his own interpreter and instructing the linguist not to discuss what had transpired with other administration officials, current and former U.S. officials said. So there you have it. That's like the big thing that they've been talking about quite a lot. For the Russiagate crowd, their head is exploding. This is the smoking gun. Uh, what's his name? Max Boot wrote a, wrote a piece, 18, 18 reasons, 18 clues that Trump is working for Russia. I mean, my God, it's like, it, it, it literally, it, it's, it's, it's getting to a point where it, it's, it's more entertaining than watching Rocky IV, if you ask me. I mean, this is some really, really like thick, crazy espionage. It, it's like a movie plot that that if you went to this, if you went to a filmmaker with this kind of movie plot, they'd say not believable. It wouldn't fly. Too outlandish. Too outlandish. Well, Jonathan Carl with ABC News, he unfortunately for the Russiagate folks. Uh, well, well, look, I mean, the, the story in the New York Times was an extraordinary reflection of the level of distrust between the FBI leadership and the president and the, the, how suspicious the president's behavior was, that they actually were at, at the, the, to the point of investigating the letters about firing Comey, the interview with Lester Holt. Yes. And, and, and actually going to the point of investigating whether or not effectively the president was a Russian agent. But what I am getting is that this is all building up to the Mueller report and raising expectations of a bombshell report. And there have been expectations that have been building, of course, for over a year on this. But people who are closest 
uh, to, to what Mueller has been doing. I've interacted with the special counsel, cautioned me that this report is almost certain to be anticlimactic. That if you look at what the FBI was investigating in that New York Times report, look at what they were investigating, Mueller did not go anywhere with that investigation. He has been writing his report in real time through these indictments, and we have seen nothing from Mueller on the central question of was there any coordination, collusion, with the Russians in the effort to meddle in the elections? Or was there even any knowledge on the part so, of the president or anybody in his campaign with what the Russians were doing? They haven't There's laid that no out yet in the that. indictments, but how do things like the Trump Tower meeting with Russians, Don Jr., uh, Paul Manafort, Paul Manafort giving polling data to Ukrainian oligarchs, the pursuit of a Trump Tower in Moscow, how does that fit into this theory? We, we, what we've certainly seen over and over again is the people around the president, first of all, have been willing to lie to investigation, investigators and had their own dealings with Russians, had their own uh, agendas with Russians. Manafort was trying to get paid for, for, for his work on, on behalf of Ukraine. Uh, Flynn had his own dealings. Uh, but, but it is not added up to anything of the central question again, was there anybody, was the Trump campaign aware of or coordinating with the Russians in their effort to meddle with the election? So far, there's been nothing on that. And I'm led to believe, don't expect there's going to be Senator anything. Heiken, this reminds me, when I was when I was 16, okay, I had a real, real crush on a girl named Lauren Karp. I don't know what she's doing now, but I had such a crush on her, and I would ask her out, and I'd ask her out, and I'd ask her out, and she'd say no, and she'd say no, and she'd say no, and she'd say, oh, Jordan, you're funny, but, you know, I'm not interested, blah, 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 blah. But I just kept on going, I kept on going because I had idealized, I had idolized her. In my mind, I, I just so wanted her to go out with me. I, I thought she was, you know, going to be my wife. I thought she was my dream. She was my dream. She finally said yes. She finally said yes. We go out. I, I put out all the stops. I take her out for very di uh, a fancy dinner. My father helped me out, gave me some money, and it was a complete dud. Contrary to what I had thought. I was kind of bored, to tell you the truth. So this might not be the perfect analogy, but Russiagate, Russiagate is kind of like the girl I just described, you know? It's what Rachel Maddow has wanted for so long. It's what CNN has wanted for so long. It's what all the Clinton world has wanted for so long to justify why they lost to an orange orangutan. And unfortunately, Unfortunately, it doesn't, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem that it's going to be that. And I've said this all along, but I was, I was um, told, you know, this is a Republican talking point. I, I've always been told Washington is a city. You can't keep anything. You cannot keep anything secret in Washington for too long. If, if Robert Mueller had cold, hard proof that Donald Trump had, or his campaign had coordinated with the Russian government to hack Podesta's emails, to hack the DNC's emails and distribute them uh, in the last month of the campaign, that would have been out long ago. And I cannot wait. I cannot wait for Rachel Maddow, when this report comes out, to make it seem, to play it up like it's the next, like it literally is uh, worse than, you know, 
the Cuban Missile Crisis or something like that. Yes, five people are going to prison, but not for collusion. There's nobody that's going to prison for collusion. Michael Cohen, he's not going to prison for collusion. Michael Flynn, he's not going to prison for collusion. And this is why I haven't covered this that much, because I don't just do things for clicks. You know what? If I wanted to grow, let's say status quo didn't exist, and I just created a YouTube channel tomorrow, brand new YouTube channel, and I wanted to grow like crazy. You know what I would do? I would do every single video on Russiagate. I would say that Trump is literally, you know, uh, Mikhail Gorbachev reincarnated. I would do every single video on Russiagate. I would be more of a conspiracy theorist than Rachel Maddow, Max Boot, uh, Bill Kristol, and all these people combined, and I, my channel would explode. But I live in reality. And honestly, Rachel Maddow, I have never seen the evolution of somebody on television in the news business who at one time had a little bit of integrity. I'm going I'm to admit, I used to really like Rachel Maddow back in the day. She used to cover things nobody else covered. In the beginning, she did cover Flint. In the beginning, more than anyone else, she introduced it to the United States. Uh, and she deserves credit for that. She basically abandoned Flint after that. But in, in the beginning, she did. But... Essentially, you have right there the ABC reporter saying, I have sources close to Mueller's campaign that it's going to be a big letdown for, for the Russiagate truthers. And I, I just wonder, what is Rachel Maddow going to do when this is over? What is Morning Joe going to do when this is over? What is, uh, you know, frankly, the Democratic Party who has become more hawkish, more hawkish against Russia and trying to reignite the Cold War, what are they going to do? Are they going to, because honestly, if you ask me, Russiagate has kind of become the new Benghazi in, in corporate media and democratic politics. Uh, you know, when Fox News was railing for years about Benghazi and the scandal and all this stuff, it's become like that. I mean, at a certain point, reality has to sink in. And I hate to say this because I, I don't have any, it, there's no, I have no skin in the game. I don't like Donald Trump. I'd like to see Donald Trump defeated in 2020 by a progressive. I wouldn't mind, you know, I don't, I think be careful what you wish for as far as getting Mike Pence, you know, all these people impeach Donald Trump. Be careful what you wish for, folks, because it could get a lot worse than Donald Trump with a, a, a zealot, a Christian fundamentalist zealot who's also very competent. So be careful what you wish for. But, you know, I just find it so amazing that for two and a half years, I've been attacked, Jimmy Dore's been attacked, uh, Lee Camp's been attacked, Chris Hedges has been attacked. All, and frankly, if I'm keeping it real, folks, if I'm keeping it real, my old, my old stomping grounds before I was let go, they were hysterical about this Russiagate business all the time. I mean, I don't really watch the Young Turks anymore, but I'm pretty sure they've been keeping up with Russiagate, Russiagate, Russiagate. Because, frankly, Jank and a lot of them there have a really, really bad case of Trump derangement syndrome and have kind of lost sight with anything else going on in the country. Apparently, they think that America was just super on January 19th, 2017. And it only, only became terrible on January 20th, 2017. Well, you got the Young Turks doing it nonstop. Frankly, Democracy Now! has bought into a lot of this. Uh, I interviewed Aaron Matte, who used to be at The Real News, and he also had criticisms about independent media that's bought into this. Two things could be true. You're okay with an investigation, but you also say, let's wait to see what the findings are. And until that, 
do we have to talk about this 24/7? Do we have to spec? Do we have to just engage in pure speculation? Uh, people are power. I agree. Like, what about Flint? What about Cleveland, which I'm about to report on you, has insane lead levels? What about fracking and the pipelines spreading everywhere? I just did an interview yesterday, which is up on the channel. Canada might be the next standing rock. I just interviewed a land and water protector from Canada about the fight against the coastal gas link pipeline. You hearing about that anywhere else, folks? I look in the comments. Nobody even knew there was a camp against this pipeline. Yes, it's in Canada, but it's still relevant. I mean, I'm not big on like doing victory laps, but I am going to do a victory sprint when this Mueller report comes out because I am here to tell you, folks, I think a lot of the people like Jimmy Dore, like me, like Lee Camp, like Aaron Maté, like a lot of progressive Jamal Thomas, uh, Kyle Kalinske, I think a lot of people that have been called kooky conspirators, kooky conspiracy theorists, agents of the Kremlin, a lot of messages that I was working for Vladimir Putin. Hey, if I'm working for Vladimir Putin, can he pay, can he give me a raise so I don't have to keep doing these Sunday marathon live streams to fundraise? You think I want to go live every single Sunday for the rest of my life for six to seven hours? I digress. I enjoy doing it. So uh, a lot of people that have literally put all of their eggs in this Russiagate bucket are going to have very, very sad faces. That doesn't mean Donald Trump, that report's not going to show money laundering. I think it will. It doesn't mean it's not going to show inappropriate contacts with Russian oligarchs or whatever. doesn't mean it's not going to show very, very terrible, corrupt things with his business. I think it will. I think that's why he never released his tax returns, because his tax returns will show his business dealings with Russia. And it will also show he's not a billionaire. That's why he didn't want to release his tax returns. But at its most basic core root, does anybody think Donald Trump is intelligent or effective enough to collude, whatever that means, collude, with a foreign government? And by the way, if we're going to worry about collusion, how about collusion between the United States and Saudi Arabia? How about collusion between the United States and Israel? And by the way, I mean, I haven't covered it yet. I'm going to. We're now putting forth bills. Marco Rubio is putting forth a bill to make it illegal to protest Israel. Like, whether you're for Israel or against, this is the United States of America, or it's supposed to be a democracy. You can't make a bill to make it criminal or, or shut off people's businesses if they support boycotting and divesting Israel. I have a very, very religious father. He's very, very Zionist. He thinks Israel could do no wrong. We don't really talk about it because I, I have a different opinion. I love my father. I, I love him. We have a great relationship. But I disagree with him on a lot of things when it comes to Israel. But Marco Rubio is pushing a bill to literally make it criminal that you, if you're part of the boycott and divest system or movement, this is America. People can be a part of a boycott and divest movement if they so choose. It doesn't matter. It's not about whether you're for Israel, whether you're not, whether you're pro-Palestinian, whether you're not. This is about freedom of speech, and freedom of choice. I don't think you're hearing much about this anywhere. Cleveland is now the new city with insanely high lead levels. And by the way, I've reached out to Nina Turner to see if 
we could do an interview on this and other topics because she's from Cleveland. Children in Cleveland and Cuyahoga County have a higher risk of lead exposure than other parts of the state, according to a report out of Case Western Reserve University this week. Let me put this link in the live chat if you want to read along. Here we go. The report found 10.7% of kids born in 2012 were screened for lead in Cuyahoga County had an elevated blood level by age five. In Cleveland, 17% of kids screened for lead <clears throat> showed elevated blood lead levels. Quote, in Cuyahoga County, thousands of children have, have been and continue to be exposed to lead due primarily to poorly maintained aging and deteriorating housing stock. The report states, in fact, in 2016, Cayuga County, a county, Cayuga County accounted for 14% of Ohio's lead-tested children, but 41% of all children found to have an elevated blood lead level. Rob Fisher, a researcher who worked on this study, says in some Cleveland schools, between a third to half, a third to half of kindergartens had high lead levels. Quote, if people have in their collective memory what happened in Flint, Michigan, our rates have routinely been double to three times what Flint had at its peak, Fisher said. Quote, so you know the urgency around Flint, but we still have a complacency around dealing with lead. For, for, for your knowledge, I before I went live, I emailed uh, him to see if I could interview him on this, waiting to hear back, but we're going to try to get an interview with the author of this study. The study also found that children with high lead levels are more likely to face difficulties in school and are half as likely to have normal scores for the kindergarten readiness assessment. Quote, it's troubling to me that in a way we've gotten jaded to this being an issue, so we almost have not pursued solutions. It's still unacceptably high, Fisher said. Despite a mandate to test all children on Medicaid for lead exposure, the study also found the rate in Cuyahoga County is far below 100%. 50% of children on Medicaid in Cuyahoga County were tested for lead exposure by age one, and 34% were tested by age two. Quote, these early ages are critical for testing because it is when children are most prone to lead exposure and are more susceptible to its harmful effects, the report stated. Patricia Barnes at the nonprofit Ohio Healthy Homes Network says the tests are often not enforced. Quote, some pediatricians don't realize it's a requirement, Barnes said. Some of them may believe that lead has been taken care of, that it's not a problem anymore, and they are in a hurry. They have, got, they have a lot to get done during those well baby checkups. The other problem is that parents often have to go to another location to get the test. Barnes says some ways to address this issue include educating pediatricians on lead screening and providing cash in initiatives for parents to get their kids tested. There's a few things with this. Uh, and I also told him this in uh, the email I sent to him. Headlines like this are slightly deceptive, uh, not, in a, not in a malicious way, but when they say Cleveland has lead levels as high as Flint. Well, based on the reporting Jen and I have done, we don't know the true lead levels in Flint. We do not know what Flint's real lead levels are because for over two years, the state of Michigan manipulated the testing. If you haven't followed, if you haven't read our report yet, you gotta read our report. Frankly, I have sent it and sent it and sent it and sent it and sent it to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's people. 
They have responded. They have our report. For some reason, we can't get them to tweet about it. Same goes for Rashida Tlaib, the new Congresswoman representing Detroit, Elijah Cummings, the new official, uh, the new chairman of the Oversight Committee. Same goes for Dan Kildee, a congressman who represents Flint. So Ro Khanna called for an investigation based on our reporting, and I just put the link in the live chat. Tulsi Gabbard called for an investigation based on our reporting. Susan Sarandon, Alyssa Milano, Sean King, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, have shared it, called for an investigation, but we can't get anything from Rashida Tlaib, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Elijah Cummings, Dan Kildee, uh, or anyone else in the Democratic Party. I don't bother with the Republicans. They're not going to do anything. We have sent this to every single Democratic elected official in D.C. Nothing. Crickets. Other than Ro Khanna, other than Tulsi Gabbard. So that tells you something. That tells you something. So why this is deceptive is what we found, what we found was the lead levels in Flint were manipulated. So when you say Cleveland has higher lead levels than Flint, doesn't mean Cleveland doesn't have high lead levels. It does mean there everybody else, including Reuters, who, who had a report, 3,000 other cities have higher lead levels than Flint. Well, you're, you're basing that measurement and comparison based on the lead data that the state of Michigan has put out there. But we showed you they cooked the data. So Cleveland, what are the, why such high lead? That's what I want to ask uh, the doctor. I haven't, uh, the research study, I haven't read the whole study, but how do you get high lead in children? You either have lead paint uh, in the house, you either have lead leaching off the lead service line pipes into their water supply, you could have uh, lead, uh, you know, a lot of times in Indiana, for example, and other places like that, when you have storms come in, uh, you could get basement flooding and the water, uh, the water damages the walls and then you have lead paint on the walls. So it gets into the air and you expose it to your children. But most lead uh, poisoning in children is coming from the water because the Democrats and the Republicans have been talking about infrastructure basically for the last 15 to 20 years, but don't we need a countrywide emergency program. You want to talk about a national emergency? It ain't at the border, President Trump. We need to replace all of the lead service lines across America. The lead service lines are the lines from the curb going underground to the main at the side of your house. We also need to change and replace main lead mains, the main service lines in the street. So you have the mains under the ground going through the street, and you also have the lead, the service lines going from the curb at your home to your home, which gets into your interior plumbing. When you have lead service lines and lead the main pipes under the street that are in some cases 70 to 80 years old, the corrosion of that lead, you can have lead leaching off of those pipes into the drinking water. And each state and city who is testing your children's water, they are always trying to get below the EPA regulation of 15 parts per billion for lead. But 15 parts per billion for lead is not, it's the EPA's level, 
but it's not a public health measurement. 15 parts per billion is a level for corrosion control. It's not for public health. Medical experts and doctors say the allowable limit of lead is zero, is zero for children. So children, it's not safe for children to consume lead at any level. It's supposed to be zero. Frankly, it's not so safe for adults to be consuming lead, but especially children. So as the media fixates on Russia and Trump, as the media fixates on Trump's tweets, on the media fixates on bullshit, 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 kids in Cleveland, 17% of kids tested, 17% of kids tested in Cleveland have elevated lead levels. And by the way, I would, I would, I would assume the majority of the children that live in Cleveland have not even been tested. So who knows what that number is for all of the children in Cleveland. And by the way, other than downtown, like other cities in America, it's poor. Other than the gentrified downtown area in Cleveland, which they've been flooding money to, Nina Turner could tell you about this. I've reached out to her for an interview on this. Other than that, it's, it's a lot of poor people, a lot of minorities, a lot of people that they don't give a damn about changing, the le- changing lead service lines in those communities. And by the way, this is not just Cleveland. You got lead in water problems in Flint. In Detroit, they just had to shut down the water fountains in all Detroit public schools last year because they found extremely high lead levels. You got Milwaukee, you got Cleveland, you got Baltimore, you got Philadelphia, you got much of Florida has water contamination problems. It's not just lead. They're finding arsenic. They're finding PFOAs, TTHMs, many, many chemicals in addition to heavy metals like lead.